The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends and earn Unicorns through successful bets or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet! This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. Uh, I am... Uh, welcome to week five of our NALCS Rough Drafts Guest of the Lines podcast. Uh, I am so excited to be talking to you guys today. I was trying to figure out... It's been a while since I've been able to say I am a writer somewhere. I'm officially a writer at LCS Predict. You guys might have heard me introduce that yesterday. Uh, LCSPredict.com, run by our good friend of the podcast, Steve Kaffmeyer, uh, a guy that... Uh, I really love working with just a great uh, statistical mind. He's come up with a whole formula that basically dictates the uh, percentage chance that any team has to beat another team in the league, plus how they would fare against a average of everybody else. There's a ton of uh, interesting uh, uh, statistics to examine, and, and he gives a deeper explanation on the site, and I do power rankings there every week. But this isn't about me and all this writing things I'm doing. This is about... The North American, just complete cluster, you know what, that we had last week. And I can't think of anyone I'd rather try to make sense of it with than my good friend, Walter Ciedis Fetchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? No, you keep talking about your writing gig. <laughs> you can talk about that for an hour, and that'll be the entire podcast. Um, we can... We can uh... We can't ignore week four of the uh, North American League of Legends Championship Series. Yeah. Just ignore it. Didn't happen. Doesn't exist. Much like, uh, much like uh, the most recent Super Bowl. Yeah, doesn't I, exist for. That's totally fair. Like the Loch Ness monster in North Dakota, it does not exist. And shout out to anyone Very who gets true. that reference. So I, you know, I guess we could point to one nice thing, which is that our our gambling lines weren't a complete loss. We had Echo Fox plus one fifty five over CLG. Uh, Phoenix one didn't pan out against CLG and, uh, well, we're going to get to the last bet. I think when we talk about the negatives, but let's try Walter to find a positive here. What did you like about this week? What team impressed you? Oh man, Echo Fox. <laughs> Maybe it's the even weeks. I, I don't know what it is. I personally, what I liked was afterwards, Kyle Fox, who is Rick Fox's son with some subtle shade thrown at TSM in regarding to poaching allegations. You saw the response from Reggie, right? Messing up the visas. I did see it, and um, I will bring that up in in probably less than 120 seconds. Uh, (laughs) They look good. Acadian, I I said two weeks ago, oh, it's a shame Acadian can't win Rookie of the Year because they aren't going to do as well as Cloud9. I think this is his award to lose at this point. He's just fantastic. He's gotten first bloods and... Just an incredible amount of their games. Um, 
it's just been, yeah, 70% of their, their games, he's the one that's gotten first blood in it. He's out jungling pretty much everyone except maybe Moon. And, um, yeah, it, it's just a fun team to watch. We've got Looper playing Singed. Singed! Singed! He's, like, signature champion, and he's trolling around, and he's doing Singed things. And it's like watching Dyrus in Season 2 all over again. Uh, Keith has looked passable. I will say he's probably not the worst AD carry in North America at this point. That dubious distinction is held for a very good friend of mine and someone that I've constantly talked about this podcast, and I've beat that horse to dead so many times that Satan himself said, dude, I can't resurrect it again. Like, stop. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Echo Fox, they're my up. They're, they're looking good. They're probably going to make the playoffs at this point. Like, yeah, they're a solid team. They're a very solid team. And if you do read my article, LCS Predicts, that should be out by the time you're listening to this, you'll know that I am very high on Echo Fox as well. One of the things I would like to point out is that the even week, odd week thing can be pretty easily explained by pointing out that those were the first weeks of each competitive patch, and Echo Fox isn't scrimming other teams, so they're kind of having to learn on the fly. Their, their game plan on week two and week four was so much sharper than their game plan in week one and week three. And as they're doing well and teams, you know, outside of maybe some bitterness from, you know, the big guys like TSM, if other teams start scrimming them and they start, you know, shoring up these kinds of things, I have a feeling their performance is going to see a, a notable uptick, at least as far as consistency goes. And as far as noticeable upticks goes, I'm going to be excited about Immortals. I was so afraid that I had ruined another team. This is something that we had joked about last week. I was so, you know, I genuinely, I felt bad because every team I root for, terrible things happen to them. And yet, this team seems to be working right now. You know, Dardock is amazing. He is all over the map. Guy's just constantly making plays. Whether he should be or not, he's constantly making them. Uh, Flame is a monster. Cody's son is improving every week. He's finally starting to look like the guy I thought he would be in the preseason. Uh, you know, Poe Belter still has some things to figure out, and Ale still isn't a guy that, you know, seems worthy of an import slot right now. But they're starting to come together. The pieces are there. And right now, that's enough to be currently, if the playoffs were to start today, Immortals would be in them. So certainly that's something that... You know, might, you know, is exciting for me. But of course, Walter, not all of our favorite teams can be on the most exciting portion of the podcast. Some of them might have to come up in the disappointing section of the podcast. So I'm just going to give you the floor, Walter. Uh, you can you can take as much of this time as you need. Just let it all out. So they're in third place. They're in the playoffs. This is a similar situation to um, to last spring when they had yellow start and they looked directionless and listless and uh, it took them almost the entire split to, uh, to finally figure it out. And then there was much, much praise on Weldon for coming in at the end of the split and getting them into the playoffs and almost winning the championship against CLG, just very narrowly missing out on it. Um, it's very similar. And I'm trying to do my best, uh, my best skip Bayless impersonation here. They are third. I should be happy. They, they are not quite as good as Cloud9 or FlyQuest, but they're still among the, the upper echelon of North American teams. I do believe that they could take a game off of Cloud9 or off of FlyQuest. And I am at the same position that I am as I was last spring with this team. 
You are T.S. frickin' M. You are the crown jewel of North American League of Legends. And let's be honest, that, that crown is much like the crown of a smaller country in Europe. Uh, Hungary and Austria. Not to offend any of those countries. You're great countries and all. But um, historically, you don't have the same chutzpah as, as in England, uh, as a France, as a Germany even. Um, but it's still a crown. It's still something. A title in North America is still a title. It's still a trophy. It's still something you get to put in your case and you get to you know shine it every couple of months. And when people come by, you can say, hey, yeah. See that trophy? That's mine. You see the trophy next to it? That's mine too. You see the name <laughs> on it right there? That's my name. It's great. It's perfect. It's a nice entryway piece. But as a fan of the most successful organization in North American history, I can't help but feel a pit in the bottom of my stomach whenever my team is not on top. Whenever they are not dominating. One of my proudest moments of a TSM fan was last season where they were running through all competition, where no one stood a chance, where the second and third best teams in North America swung at the king and they missed, and then the king righteously slammed them to the ground and said, not in my house, you can't see me. And, um, and this year it's just not there. There is no spark, there is no fire, there's no intensity, and... It's sort of like watching a, a, a sports figure that you've loved. You know, it's like watching Michael Jordan and, and remembering him as this dominant competitor, this guy that would just, would just kill you, would kill you on the court, would just destroy you. And then seeing him play for the Washington Wizards and go out there and he plays 20 minutes a game and he puts up 10 shots and two go in and it's just he's not slashing, he's not passing really well he's having trouble defending and you go my god why are you still playing mm-hmm. and it's not to a particular person on tsm i i know i've been super critical of wild turtle thus far i don't think he's the problem i don't think he's the solution but i don't think he's the sole reason that they're, they're not being successful and i said it on the european podcast it's about being aggressive it's about being proactive it is about going out and asserting your will on Summoner's Rift. It's going out there and saying, I am going to make this play. I am going to do this. I am going to win this game. And at no point this season, not even in the 2-0 against Envious, have I seen anyone on Team Solo Mid with that fire in their eyes. They're acting like spring means nothing. And spring, in a sense... It doesn't mean anything. You can win the summer split and place... You could have placed 10th place in the spring split, make it through relegation, play in the summer split, win the summer split, and you go to Worlds. Spring doesn't matter. It really doesn't. So I'm not off... I'm not burning my TSM merchandise. I'm, I'm not off the train. I've been here since season one. I've probably been here almost as long as Reggie has, let's be honest. Mm. I deserve a, a name on their wall when it comes to, you know, like the, the TSM Wall of Fame. I probably deserve to be on. I've been a diehard fan for a very long time. Yeah. Like the Bills, they have the 12th man in their Hall of Fame. That's me. <laughs> um, but I need something, guys. I need some sense of urgency. I need some desire out of you that this is more than just like, as Echo Fox so aptly put it, man, it was nice to scrim in the LCS studios. <laughs> Because, you know, TSM, that's what this looks like. This looks like it's scrims. It looks like you just aren't taking it seriously. And TSM fans don't deserve that. 
We don't. The the long time, you know, not the ones that came on when Doublelift joined or the, the fair day. Oh, you guys want two titles in a row. Guess we better root for you. Oh, my God, you look so good going into Worlds. I better root for you. I mean us old timers. Sure. I mean us diehards that remember the days of the Rain Man and Chaos. At least come out swinging. At least make every loss a fight. At least try to act like you want to win a game. And I know, you know, we're 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 twelve and nine. We've had a lot of two one wins. We're six and two overall. We're third place. But this is team solo mid. We aren't the third place team. We aren't even the second place team. We're number one. That's who we are. That is what we expect as fans. And Reggie, that should be what you expect. Don't go after mice. Don't go after Kyle Fox and, and be a little prima donna on Twitter because your team got too old and lost. Be the bigger man. Accept that you lost just like you accepted when you lost against Cloud9. Accept, say, we got our butts handed to us. We're going to get back there and we're going to fix it. Because you are the person that anytime this happens is the one that goes into the scrim room and cracks the whip. It's not Weldon. It's not Parth. It's not Yarg. It's not... Uh, Woodbuck, it's been none of the coaches previous. It's been when you have realized that you have taken an eye off of your your crown jewel of the TSM Empire and go, crap, I need to get in there and fix this. Now is your time. This is week five. We've got four more weeks after this. This is the moment where you get in there and you say, guys, come on. This isn't the TSM way. So that's what I want to see out of them coming into week five. I want them to come after... uh, after Cloud9 and, and FlyQuest. These are the two teams above you. You better show up to these two games. You better show that you can hang with these two teams or else it's just it's not a fun split. It just won't be fun. It won't be enjoyable. And he won't be number one at the end of the split. And that's at the end, that's what truly matters. So the floor is yours, Chase. Well, first of all, I, I just want to say, uh, clearly you are in the bargaining stage of grief right now, and that's fine. Take your time. Absolutely. S- Absolutely. Second of all, Absolutely. I just want to make sure that you're aware that with that rant, you have just solidified what everyone else already knows, which is that TSM fans are the Patriots fans of the LCS. <laughs> I just, I'm letting you know right now. What, what do you mean we didn't win a championship? The whole year's a failure. What do you mean there are teams that don't win championships every year? I thought that yeah, that's what you did. You won or you failed. What? Like, poor Dignitas fans are looking at you like, you son of a, how dare you? Like, this is... I just, I love it. I love the absolute bitterness. I love I love the complete obliviousness to the fact that your fans have been obnoxious on Reddit like crazy, basically since the preseason. There was, I mean, oh my God. It's been, I, I love it. it. You know, man, shout out to you. You get to be that diehard that just, you know, the youngster should get off your lawn. The team needs to get its stuff together. Keep doing you. I was there in 1985 <laughs> in the snow against the Bears, and the Bears killed us. You know what? I'm going to enjoy our fifth championship. You're goddamn right. Yeah. You're goddamn right. <laughs> I watched this team move across the country, back across the country, and back across the country. You're damn right I'm going to feel entitled. There's a there's a, a commitment to excellence with this organization that this team, that this five-man roster four weeks in have not met. And you're damn right I'm pissed off about it. And i damn right I'm expecting better out of it. You're goddamn right. 
I, I, I have no response to that. I uh, am the one who knocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cheers. man. Well, that was... Uh, <laughs> I think that I don't have anything to add to that, so I guess that's gonna that's gonna wrap up that section just a little bit there. I uh, let's uh, let's get to some games in week five. We're gonna put all that behind us, Walter. It's okay. It's over now. It can't hurt you anymore. Now we look to the future. Yes, it can. I've got five more weeks of this. Come on. We've got a uh, well. Let's start with Friday's games and a team that is also starting to be like, oh god, we've got five more weeks of this, and that would be Dignitas. <laughs> Against FlyQuest. Walter, you thought Dignitas was going to win the split before the season started. And I'm going to start bringing this up every week since you constantly bring my things up on Europe. Uh, they won a series this week. Is there anything? I mean, do you think that stunt coming in helps? Is that something that will make a difference for them in the long run? I mean, anything's better than the Corpse of Special at this point. Yeah. Let's not forget... I watched TSM when Expecial was their support all the way back in season one. Let me just dig that knife in every other fan's backs real quick. My organization has been around since season one. Some of y'all haven't. Uh, no, Expecial was... I had high hopes for him um, just because on Apex he wasn't awful. He wasn't great. He was, wasn't good. He was, like, serviceable. Um, I think they got to see if the young guy can do it. Uh, in all honesty, a young guy, you can't get cut out much more than Expecial was. So give him a chance. Let him make some mistakes. Get him some really good stage experience. Um, it was clear that Expecial and Lod weren't really working together. And, um, yeah, they need to figure out another way to win outside of just someday. Like, they blatantly need to figure out another way to win uh, because teams can just go gank the hell out of someday and just take him out completely. And um, when you have one win condition and you can't execute on it, you're going to lose games. So might as well put the young kid in, see what he can do, see if he can kickstart Laud. Um, other than that, like they haven't been playing terribly as players. It's just mostly been macro. Just mostly been not having any other win conditions and not playing to any other win conditions other than, all right, someday, go 1v9, please. And I just don't like that. That that was supposed to be their their like signature, okay, well, we need, you know, we're down, you know, we're tied 1-1. This is a really close series. All right, now let's unleash someday. It shouldn't be your everyday strategy at all. Just shouldn't. Yeah. It's it's very one-dimensional. I can't imagine that uh, someday is particularly happy about this either. I mean, sure, he's making that sweet, sweet North America money, but every yeah. week he has to play the game knowing, well, the enemy's going to be ganking me all day, every day, because I'm the only threat on my team, and they're going to win or lose based on how much I can hard carry uh, how this thing's going. And, and for the record, I, I don't know which AD carry you meant when you said that there are worse AD carries than Keith. I think there are two people I would put now on that list. Because Laud right now is tied with Piglet for the worst KDA of an AD carry in North America at a 2.4. And Laud is doing it in the same number of games with way fewer assists. He's not dying as much, but he's also not making any sort of play. And that death by stagnation that you mentioned there is really just killing Dignitas. They don't feel comfortable making plays that don't involve someday do X. And it shows. It just there's there's uh, clearly some changes that need to be made in the system, and it would help if guys like Lod were able to step up in the meantime. But until then, it seems like FlyQuest should be able to wrap this one up pretty nicely. Walter, where did you put the line? 
I had FlyQuest at minus 550. Okay, you get this one. I went a little bit too high. I said minus 600. FlyQuest minus 476, which puts Dignitas at plus 320. And there's no value there whatsoever, so we can just continue forward and pretend that this game didn't happen, like most North American fans will on Sundays, on, uh, on Friday, I should say. <laughs> so I think that's totally fair. Uh, speak, fair speaking of games that I don't think a lot of people are going to be uh, watching, uh, Envious versus Phoenix 1. Walter, if I didn't know that you were going to need our whole disappointing segment, Phoenix 1 would have been my pick for the uh, most disappointing team from last week. They went 0-2, including a, a loss that we thought for sure was going to be uh, a, you know, wrapped up in the bag uh, against CLG. So what happened here? What's going wrong with Phoenix 1? Um, I think some of Inori's inconsistency was exploited in that series. Um, I think that when I say that they were... They remind me of H2K. I do see them have some of the late-game issues that H2K did have last season. Um, in terms of the mid-game, late-game kind of macro decision-making. And when that's compounded with Inori... I say you got to be aggressive. You got to make a play. Sometimes Inori tries way too hard to make plays when he doesn't have all the information available to himself, and uh, that that usually is is my problem with Echo Fox or with Phoenix One. Whenever they have issues, it's that Pinor, uh, that Inori is trying way too hard to make a play. Uh, I still think this is a very good team. Um, I'm not terribly worried in the long run for them. I think they're still a shoe in for top four. Um, still shoe into you know at least make it into the semifinals, and I'm still okay with them being kind of a dark horse for me uh, to make it into the finals. But they just need a little bit more consistency out of Inori for that to happen, and they need to realize quickly when teams start to camp the bot lane because as good as Arrow is, and I still think he's the best AD carry in North America, when teams really focus that lane, um, you can't really play from behind when you're a Varus or an Ash or a Jin. It's really difficult when you're constantly playing on the back foot and the other 80 carry gets ahead of you because that means they have a little bit more damage. And with these kind of low damage utility carries, every longsword you have matters. So I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not really heartbreaking on them, but I'm sort of cooling my jets a little on their, you know, maybe finals contender potential. You know, it's funny that you say that you're still convinced they're a top four team because in the article that I wrote today that you guys can see on LCS Predict, I put Echo Fox above them. And the biggest thing that I point to, the strongest victory the Phoenix one has right now was against Echo Fox in week one. That's the best team that they have been. Meanwhile, Echo Fox has been FlyQuest and TSM. And 2 owed TSM for the record. So... It seems like Phoenix One can is it might be the good bad team. They might be good enough to beat up on teams that have significant issues, but I haven't seen them really rise to the occasion against the actually strong teams. That was it wasn't like FlyQuest was squeaking by them. FlyQuest crushed them. Game one, you know, Phoenix One should have been able to close that out, and FlyQuest just punished their inability to to come up with a way to close the game. And in game two, FlyQuest just snowballed on him. That worries me. It, it worries me when I see a team that seems to play their worst when the pressure is on. And certainly that can change, uh, you know, if you're going to have a team that jumpstarts you uh, 
uh, back to normal. Uh, playing against Envious is probably exactly what you've got to be hoping for. So, Walter, where do you think the line is? Uh, I have Phoenix one at minus 400. I think they deserve to be favorites. Uh, Envious, I'm... Uh, nah. They exist. Yeah. I'm not gonna... We're not gonna waste time talking about Envious. They're still the same team they were the last three weeks. If you want to hear what we have about them, listen to last week's podcast. Um, I said Phoenix one minus 400 as well for the record, so we're gonna split this. Uh, the actual line is Phoenix one minus 526. Envious at plus 350. Which is to say, there's absolutely no value. You should never bet on Envious. No, seriously, never bet on Envious. Don't do that to yourself. It's not. It's never going to be worth it. Uh, Pretty so, much. So let's uh, continue forward into a game that I'm genuinely excited about. Just because this is the battle for the sixth seed, if you will. This is CLG versus Immortals. Two teams that have had pretty low lows, but have also had moments of you know, real bright spots, real tangible things you can point to as to how they've improved. Walter, when you look at how both teams did last week, which team impressed you more? Which team are you more excited about between those two? Oh, um, problem is, I, I think it has to be CLG. Kind of hurts my soul, but Immortals still feels too one note to me of they need Dardock to go off and to kind of carry them through the first 25 minutes of the game um, to allow their really kind of weak laners to catch up. Um, if Pobelter ever decides that he wants to actually be a professional mid laner in the LCS, maybe my opinion will change on them. But CLG, just the, the macro decision-making, the tenacity that they're showing, um, they do have, you know, they can have some strong laning phases. As much as we kind of are down-talking uh, Hui and Darshan overall, they are showing at times that they can have some pretty decent laning phases. And then when once you get into the macro kind of team fight decision making aspect, their stock goes up just because they're so good at it. Um, the fall off from Xsmithy, it was a very interesting thing that was brought up. Um, I will dominate did a a rankings of all the junglers. And he had Xsmithy at eighth, and Thorin asked him, "Whoa, you know." How, why did you know what are you seeing out of Xmithy that you know drops you so low? Like how did he get so bad so quickly? And Tim Seven Hughes brought up that it's not really about Xmithy getting worse; it's just the quality of junglers around him got that much better. Mm. And I'm inclined to agree with that. I don't think Xmithy is any worse than he was necessarily last split, but the quality of the competition around him is just that much better. And they're able to kind of exploit that jungle position in ways that we thought teams would in the past and in the way that like someone like Svenskaren has against CLG. So I looking at Dardock to probably continue his excellence in the early, you know, 20 minutes and really exert his influence on the map. But the later this game goes for Immortals, the lower their chances of winning go because I just believe in CLG's team fighting more than I do Immortals. That is totally fair. And it's it's interesting. You brought up the laying phase. Uh in case you're curious, these are two of the three worst early game teams in the league. Uh, the EGR, uh, which you can find on Oracle's Elixir, this is essentially, you know, the percentage chance that a team has to win the game just based off of the first 15 minutes. Uh, CLG is at a, an abysmal 43.9. Immortals is even worse at 42.6. Last place, Team Liquid at 37.3. 
Gah, that's awful. Um, I will say that the advanced stats are friendlier to Immortals than they are in, to CLG, mostly because when CLG loses, they tend to lose badly. Uh, they, you know, when Immortals loses, it tends to be a little bit closer. When CLG wins, it's a strong win. When they lose, it's a strong loss. And this is kind of the dichotomy that has CLG fans very frustrated. It's it's the kind of, this is where the win one game to give false hope uh, comes in. Because they'll win a game and look great and then just not be able to put it together. But I, I do think the Phoenix One series may have been a turning point. And I do think... If there's ever a team that they can, you know, get away with some of their weaknesses against, I, I think you're correct in saying that uh, Immortals is a team that they could exploit. Where do you think the line is, Walter? That being said, I have Immortals at minus 175. Okay, so neither of us are going to get a point. Because I, too, wow, thought that Immortals CLG. should be favorite at minus 150. It is CLG minus 137. Which puts Immortals at plus 105, and I was going to bring that up as a smart money bet, but it sounds like you like CLG here. That's what I'm getting. Yeah, it's sort of the same as the Dignitas conundrum of, like, what what is Immortals' path to victory outside of Dardock? Dardock hard like carries, CLG. Flame hard carries, Cody Sun has another good game, which he had a couple last week. Like, they've got a couple weapons. I, I will right, agree with that. But those 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 events happening center around Dardock making it happen. If Dardock when Dardock has a bad game, Cody Sung doesn't go off. When Dardock has a bad game, Flame doesn't go off. Yep. Like that's the whole point. This all goes through Immortals, and even it, it all goes through Dardock. And even if Huey and Darshan and even Sticks say have some like mediocre early games, like I trust their team fighting over Immortals team fighting. If you disagree, like, I'm not going to yell at you and say that line's like a bad line. Like, I think this is probably a pretty even matchup. I'm playing the casino by going minus 175, thinking that Immortals uh, Immortals' run was a little bit more impressive because they went 4-0 last week and CLG did lose against TSM. Um, but I honestly think, like, truly believe this series is probably a 50-50 shot. So if you pick it one way or the other and bet on it, like, I'm not going to begrudge you. You have arguments either way. I just trust CLG slightly more. That's totally fair. And and with that, it's probably time for everyone's favorite part of the week. Stay away! That's See, it. time out here. Yeah. Time out here. I'm curious how many times this year you said stay away, and then we end up picking that game as one of our smart money bets anyway. Uh, not happened. I've, I've marked my stay away games for exactly that reason. It's never worth okay. it. It's never worth it. Fair enough. It's it, I, you've you've made good points about CLG. I you know I had Immortals a little bit higher in my power rankings, but I totally understand every point you're making. I don't feel comfortable with this series. It's too close. There's not I enough would, value. Don't do that. We shouldn't do this to ourselves. We we have to get. I ourselves... do want to bring something up though. Okay, I please. do want to bring something up here. Yeah, I want to bring up our good friend Steve Kaffmeyer's website yes. LCS Predict because I have it up on my third monitor here. He has Immortals at a 58% win ratio. Yes, he does. Meaning they'll win 58% of games. So Steve never really steers us wrong. He, he tried to tell me that I should gamble on BBQ Oliver's over, I think it was Longju a couple weeks ago. Yes. Uh, last week. And, um, and I did, but I paired it with something else, and that didn't go through because I bet against Janaire, and of course... The Jenner fan bets against Jenner, and Jenner wins a game. So um, he, he doesn't really steer me wrong too often. So maybe we will come back to that. Yeah, I just 
interesting. It, it's an interesting, it's, yeah, like I said, a lot of that comes into when CLG is lost, they've lost big. Um, but if, like, like the series, I really, I, it could go either way. Uh, here's a series I don't think we want to talk too much about. Uh, Liquid versus Dignitas. The battle for eighth. Oh, yeah. T can you feel the excitement in the air, Walter? All, Yeah. We're talking about Team Liquid, so there's not a goddamn shred of excitement anywhere near my body. So, none. Is there anything that people who want to watch the series can can look forward to that you know is worth you know getting excited about at least in the long run, even if neither of these teams look like they're going to be accomplishing much in the short run? Is this is going to jumpstart one of these eighty carries, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know you're talking about Lot is one of the worst eighty carries. I think Piglet's taking that mantle, and I truly feel bad for Team Liquid fans. I, I feel bad for Piglet. Like, man, I feel like I constantly say this. I don't want to beat the guy up. I don't. But he gives me no reason to put my hand down there and try and like pick him up and be like, "It's okay, Piglet." Like, I get it now. I get it now. And this is some some kind of like maybe miss not really looked at news, but Swagasaurus, the general manager for Team Liquid, the overall general manager, he's left the organization now. Huh. Usually in the NFL, when a general manager, when a you know, personnel decision maker leaves the organization, it's kind of a big deal. Um, who knows? Maybe Big Daddy Steve is the one who signed off and said, yeah, we're going to keep Piglet. I don't know whose decision it was, but they don't deserve to be with the organization anymore because it's clearly, you know, hasn't panned out. And and Piglet, just go home, dude. Go. I say this politely. I don't say this like get the hell out. I'm saying politely, go home, be with your friends, be with your family, go join Spot TV as a as you know a commentator, as an analyst, whatever you want to do. Go enjoy your life because it's pretty clear that you're you're not enjoying being over here. It's not working with this team. Go coach. Go play on a Korean Challenger team if you want to, with a little bit more lax atmosphere. You know, just, I think it's over, buddy. I think the experiment's over. It's done with. And um, and I feel bad for Liquid fans. I feel bad that they've endured the Forever Fourth memes for as long as they have. And I, I really bet that a Team Liquid fan, if you asked them right now, well, would you rather be fourth or eighth? They'd say fourth. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel bad for them. It's, it, it, it sucks. Like, it genuinely sucks. I'm a TSM fan upset that I'm not in first place. Like, I genuinely feel bad for the Liquid fans. Well, genuinely. I mean, in, in Liquid's credit, it's not like they had a whole hour and a half documentary that they produced last year that it laid out all of the problems that were likely to come back up if they brought Piglet back. Oh, wait, there totally was. Uh, where do you think the line is, Walter? Um, I have Team Liquid at minus 150. Okay, I get this one. I said Team Liquid at minus 130. It is Team Liquid minus 125. That puts Dignitas at minus 105. This is a horrible game of League of Legends that I, I'm going to watch because I do my power rankings every week, and I'm curious if either of these teams can separate themselves from each other. But I think it's worth pointing out that their scores, uh, again, looking at Steve Kaffmeyer's site, almost even. They are basically the same team with the same problems, and that's not necessarily a positive thing. Uh, I, I don't think we needed two of these. Uh, let's breeze through the next one. Envious versus Echo Fox. One of them was the team that you were the most excited about. Uh, one of them is Envious. Where do you think the line is, Walter? I have Echo Fox at minus 400. Okay. You and I split this one because I also said minus 400. 
Minus 345 for Echo Fox. That puts Envious at plus 240. That feels a little low. Just a little low. But uh, I, I think it's fair. Where does is this? We... Is this an echo? Is this an Echo Fox falls apart series? <sighs> nah. I, if Envious had some uh, some fight in them, I might feel differently. But as it stands, yeah. I'm inclined to believe that Echo Fox is going to be able to handle things best, just fine. My only thing, the conspiracy theory I have that maybe uh, it, it is possible that the you know just not being able to. Uh, scrim every week is actually uh, affecting them on their first week on a new patch. In 7.3, there were a lot of changes. So if that is indeed something they're struggling with, maybe it won't be as clean. I'm going to point out, Walter, we, we sure, can get Echo Fox... Sure Echo Fox minus uh, sure one and a half maps is plus 105. Uh, I don't like them. I, I just... I... The problem is, are we sure that teams aren't scrimming him anymore? Because they actually, like, look good now. Like, are we sure Envious wouldn't break it just to be like, all right, we'll scream against Echo Fox. Like, are we sure some of the bottom teams... We just know that they haven't yet. It? That's all we know. Is that according yeah. to Echo Fox, it hasn't happened yet. And I am inclined to believe I, them. I, Why would they lie about it? Someone would call them out if it was true. If it wasn't true. I wouldn't take two... Only, like, I wouldn't take 2-0 just because it's a new patch and... They haven't looked good right after a new patch, so I, I would probably stay away from that. That's fine. Another stay away, then. I'll take that. Uh, Cloud9 versus Team Solo Mid. The rivalry game to end all rivalry games, Walter. Isn't this the, the week one rematch you've been waiting for? Uh, <laughs> or do you think this one has a little bit of a different uh, storyline going in? I, I said my piece earlier, TSM, you guys better come out swinging. Like, you better come out swinging or else no one's going to take you seriously. And maybe that's all I care about. Maybe all they care about is getting in at least with the sixth seed and then they'll go on a run again and then they'll play in the finals in Vancouver and whatever. They'll bring in some young rookie talent to replace Wild Turtle instead of Double Lift and then everything will be peachy cane because him and Biofrost will just have great chemistry and... We'll go on a tear next split and only lose one series to, I don't know, E United or Gold Coin United or one of the challenger teams that come in. We'll be like, well, we went eight, you know, we went 17 and one. We're good with that. We'll be heralded as the best Western team ever to happen. And then we'll bow out in the group stage of worlds because I can't have nice things. That was so many carts in front of so many horses that I'm almost positive they started tripping over themselves. I love, I love it. That's the point. You are firmly in the bargaining stage. Let's let's talk about a team that doesn't have to bargain. Cloud Nine, eight no, sixteen and four map record. Little bit of a little bit of sloppiness in that FlyQuest game. Walter, I'll say. Where do you stand on Cloud Nine now that? You know, you've had a week. You asked people to explain to you why they were so strong. You got no some comments. Did. No one really did. I, I, the, 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 the prevailing comment was like, well, yeah, no no crap. They don't have to be uh, uh, overwhelming, dominant individual talents. They're just so good at team fighting. They're so good at macro. They're a team. There's no I in team, Walter. Well, I feel vindicated because they look sloppy not only against FlyQuest, who's the second best team in the uh, North American LCS, but they also looked sloppy against Liquid. And Chase, I don't know about you, but I'm looking at the standings right now on esports wikis. And um, Liquid is, is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 8. They're ninth. 
Yeah. Team Liquid is ninth on the standings, and Cloud9, it took them, it took them um, three games to beat Team Liquid. Wasn't great. So I feel just I, I feel vindicated because I again impact and Jen, and and sneaky and Jensen. Jensen has stepped up a little bit. I'll, I'll admit, but like impact and sneaky, the same exact players that I saw last split. Same exact players. No change. No change. They have plateaued. They have absolutely plateaued. Jensen's a little higher on his step. The entire difference has been contracts, and in both of those series, contracts struggled. He definitely struggled. And again, it's why I say I don't want to see young players on Ivor. I don't. You are not good enough at the jungle to take advantage of these tiny little windows. Stop doing it. It's not smart. It takes them out of their rhythm. He should be playing Lee Sin. He should be playing Kha'Zix. He should be playing Rengar. He should be playing Graves. Stop putting them on different styles of champions. It doesn't work. It's not smart. Keep him in his wheelhouse. He is not a veteran that's been playing for 10 years that knows how to play every single champion and every single style. Stop it. I don't care if it's going well in scrims. Keep it in scrims. Have him work on it in scrims the entire season and break it out for the playoffs for all I care. Don't do it. It's dumb. It's stupid, Reaper. Stop it. Actually, every coach. Stop it. I, yeah, I was going to say, even veterans like Rainover have looked bad on that champion. It's a hard champion to play because it's a very different style of going through the jungle. I made the point yeah, last week. You made it earlier here. It is the new, new style of counter jungling uh, that you need to understand very clearly and effectively where the enemy is going to be, how to, you know, what timing is every camp give so that you can get every little opening possible. Because if you don't maximize your efficiency on Ivern, you shouldn't have picked the champion in the first place. It's just, it's such a high barrier to entry. It seems, it seems like they shouldn't be leaning on it so hard, but here we are. Uh, and, and this, you know, I, I will be interested to see which version of of TSM and which version of Cloud9 shows up because it does feel like Cloud9 showed some holes last week. Cl uh, TSM showed some major breaches last week, like some actual hull damage, one could say. But, you know, when they t play each other, they do tend to bring out the best in each other. So it's certainly going to be an interesting series if North America wants to silence people like us and people like Kelsey Moser, who did a video on it today, ah. uh, did say that ah. you know, Cloud9 actually can can hand, hang on an international stage. Well, this would be their chance to, you know, a statement game. I don't would, know. Would we would know because they don't want to go to an international stage. Yeah, like, isn't that kind of interesting? Ah, oh, God, it's great. Where do you think the line is, Walter? I have Cloud9 at minus 300. Okay, I get this one. You were too high. Of course you. I said minus two fifty. It's minus two twenty seven. And I know where you got that line because that was their line against FlyQuest last week. Like, it, why would TSM have closer odds than FlyQuest? I don't know. It makes no sense. Because TSM and FlyQuest has existed for five weeks. Yep. What was TSM's on this? Uh, TSM is plus one seventy. Plus one seventy. Which is not terrible. I like it. I yeah, we'll come back to that. We all you know, in fact, let's kind of stay in this realm because it's FlyQuest versus TSM. What what is it that FlyQuest brings that's gonna change the nature of this game? Because obviously, this is a series, you know, TSM obviously these are very tough teams. These are the top two teams in the league that they're gonna be hanging with, but I think despite 
the many jokes that people have made about comparing FlyQuest and Cloud9, you know, the Cloud9 white jokes, ha 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 ha, this is going to be a very different series. It's going to be a very different style of play. So how does FlyQuest try to exploit their strengths and really, uh, you know, take TSM's, uh, the wind out of TSM's sails? And how does TSM try to hang in there against an opponent that has so much more aggression, we could say, than, you know, a Cloud9 or, in fact, most other teams in the league would do? TS ha- TSM has to abuse their better laners, particularly in Haunters and Bjergsen. They have to win their leagues. They have to. There is no reason why in 2017 Haunters can't beat balls. None. Get him in a good matchup. I don't care if you have to do something cheesy and make sure you get Camille. Something. Your two solo laners have got to crush their two solo laners. You have to. You absolutely have to. And fine. Give it up. If if High is going to roam around and he's going to do his stupid things where he's going to play Corky and he's going to package and he's going to do all that stupid stuff, then Bjergsen needs to be on a scaling champion like a great uh, like a Rise or Cassiopeia and do the same thing Jensen did, which is farm, 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 team fight, I two shot. That's what it's got to be. They have to very decidedly do this. And if they're going to do that and they're just going to let High roam freely, Biofrost and Svenskeren have got to get out and war. They've got to be constantly warding. Honestly, if I'm Biofrost, I have two control wards in my inventory at all times. And I'm constantly moving them around and constantly placing them places. Because High has figured out that he can gank anywhere he wants from anywhere on the map with the little plants and playing Corky and all these other things. I'm just waiting for him to play Talia. I'm waiting for him to realize there's a champion in the game where he could throw down his own terrain and go like, (laughs) Wait a minute. I can gank you and cut you off from getting back to your tower? Oh, boy. So it's really going to come down to Haunters. It's really going to come down to uh, Bjergsen. I think this is probably the closer of the two games just because the talent level is so has such a disparity to it. Um, I think TSM is still a good team fighting team. I truly think they are. They just have to do something in the early game, and Svenskeren has got to get his head out of his you-know-where and actually make a play. Mm-hmm. Ever since the game, ever since the series against uh, Jensen, where Jensen just picked Fizz in game one and thwarted his first two ganks, Svenskeren seems scared to gank. Uh, except the Ivern game that he played. Like, he had a really good Ivern game where he's constantly ganking. Gank. Gank mid lane. Gank. That you have to be proactive. Moon is being proactive. He is making plays. He is forcing plays. He is showing everyone that's watching that I want to win this game. It's going to go through me. This is the play I'm going to make to do it. And Svenskeren isn't doing it. That's what I need from Svenskeren. Make a goddamn play. You're better than him. Straight up mechanically, you are a better player than Moon. You are a veteran. You know more than Moon. Let's be honest. Go in there. Make a play. Shut this young kid down. And show high who daddy really is. I, I think that's fair. No, I, 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 think, uh, I think that's Serious. the play. I, I do... I am concerned for TSM in, in one particular way. You talk about the early game. Echo Fox took it to TSM. They have yeah. the second highest early game rating at 61.0. The only team better is FlyQuest at 61.4. No one has been better at winning the, the early game and being on the attack and forcing the enemies to adjust to their rate of play than FlyQuest. And we saw that in Game 2 against Cloud9. They can do it against great teams. Heck, they even did it in Game 1 against Cloud9. The difference is that 
they forgot that Tarek's Ultimate is a thing that exists in the game and just walked into some really terrible fights. <laughs> but that's, uh, it's one of those things where TSM, I, I think that even more than just Svenskeren having an impact early, I think they're going to have to slow down the early game as much as they can and force FlyQuest into a five-on-five. Because with the guys that, you know, with Bjergsen, with Hauntzer, with Biofrost, TSM should be able to win a five-on-five. I believe that they are mechanically better players if they can force the fights to happen on their terms. If FlyQuest is dictating the pace, the series is over. I think that's going to be... Absolutely. Kind of what that tells us. Where do you think the line is, Walter? I have FlyQuest at minus 200. Okay, I get this one as well. I said FlyQuest wow. minus 180. It is FlyQuest minus 156. So that's going to be one of our smart money bets, I'm assuming. It's not a, tr- you know, it's not... FlyQuest minus 156? Yeah, FlyQuest minus 156. We get, you know, that's not that high for, for an odd like that. I think that happens way more than, you know, the 55 or 60% of the time that that's indicating. Not even 60% of the time. I think what that's... Is, what is TSM? TSM's thoughts? plus 120. I, I think we're going to come back to that one. I really like the FlyQuest value. I think that that line is I, too no. low. You don't. TSM always comes off of a shellacking like, Echo, uh, like what Echo Fox gave them on fire. Okay. They're going to win one, if not both of these games this week. Huh. Okay. So you like TSM plus 120 then? One. Yeah. Okay. I think if they're going to win only one of them, it's going to be FlyQuest, not Cloud9. But just knowing how TSM in the past has reacted to really devastating losses like against Fox, I guarantee you when we watch this episode of TSM Legends, Reginald is going to be interviewed. It's going to be the first time he really shows up in TSM Legends, and he's going to be like, you know, I saw the guys weren't doing what they're doing, and he's going to be in that room. He's going to give some sort of speech, and they're going to win one, if not both of these games. Just historically, that's what happens. Yeah, no, that is absolutely true. So we might, TSM plus 120 is when we might come back to them. That's, I totally understand where you're coming from. Let's, uh, let's move on. Immortals versus Echo Fox. Uh, this is my optimistic team versus your optimistic team. I think that you have you know, bigger problems with Immortals, and I think that's totally fair. What's the difference maker in this series to you? Uh, Acadian is more... Cons- oh, no, no, no. Froggen over Poe Belter. Yeah, there Poe Belter hasn't shown up. Poe Belter hasn't shown up. The second Poe Belter decides he wants to show up and be a mid laner in the North American LCS, more than happy to be more respectful of Immortals and, and give them another pathway to victory, but Echo Fox has shown they can win through Acadian, they can win through Froggen, they can win through Looper doing shenanigans. They can win through Keith freaking hitting Jin ultimate shots. Like, I, Echo Fox seems like a very well-rounded, complete team, and Immortals doesn't. And when Immortals clearly 2-0s them to, uh, you know, this weekend, and Echo Fox looks terrible, I'll say the opposite next week. But until that happens, I, I think Echo Fox has the clear advantage. Yeah. Uh, just so you understand how bad Poe Belter has been, you listeners at home, uh, he has a KDA of 1.8 right now. He has died more times than any other mid laner in North America. Who he, uh, he's died 74 times, who he is second with 67, but who he also has way more kills and assists. It's bad. He's responsible for 26% of his team's deaths. That's crazy. That's not... It's the anti-Poe Belter from what we've seen in the past. And 
I think you're absolutely correct in pointing out that that's not something that, you know, Froggen is going to, you know, and he's participating lately. in only 54% of their kills. Oh, it's so bad. There's, I, I mean, I would have loved to, uh, you know, at some point I'm going to do the, you know, the, the write-ups, you know, the way that Bill Simmons does it, where you put the stat line, it's like player A and player B and try to get people to figure it out. Uh, 57, Man, but yeah. Poe Belter's stats are just atrocious in every measure. There isn't a single thing, you know, it's it's not like, oh, well, his damage per minute numbers are maybe low, but that's because he's not playing other... There's nothing. There's no excuse that you can come up with other than hopefully he gets better soon. And that's a concern for me. And it's it's a concern because Dardock does not seem like the kind of person that's going to wait for Pope Elter to catch back up. Doesn't nope. seem like his personality, uh, to, in my opinion. And that, that could... I think we're going to get a reverse coast here where the jungler stops talking to his mid laner. God, that terrifies me. Don't, don't do that to me, right? man. I can't root for another team like that. That would... Oh, God, it was so That's rough the, the first point. time. I'm putting the stank on it. I'm doing it on purpose. The re- I... I'm willing to sacrifice Dardock to watch another team go down in flames. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, boy. Where do you think the line is, Walter? <laughs> I have Echo Fox at minus 175. And I win the week. That's what I do. Oh. I am very, uh, I said Echo Fox minus 130. It is Echo Fox minus 143, which puts Immortals at plus 110, which I think is fair, but I'm also a little bit higher on Immortals than you. So I understand why you would be, uh, a little thrown off by that line. I think minus 143 for Echo Fox has value. I think they are better than people realize because they had a couple bad weeks early on. I think I, I really think they're going to start figuring it out more and more as this goes on, but we'll come back to that. I hate that line. I actually like despise that line. That's well, awful. you're going to hate this more, Walter. I got the next line exactly. So unless you get it exactly oh. as well, uh, I'm going to get another point here. I guess it doesn't matter, but still, it doesn't matter. You already won. Yeah, it's uh, just, yeah. Li- liquid versus CLG. Again, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked when you when Liquid versus Dignitas. What's the upside here? What are fans who watch this series, which, you know, this will be the uh, the second stream uh, compared to the Phoenix 1 Cloud 9 game we'll get to in a bit. Why should people tune into Liquid versus CLG? Watch Phoenix, because I, I don't know. You have two <laughs> monitors. You have to because you run a, a very successful esports gambling podcast. I, you want to watch two kind of flailing, floundering North American legacy organizations go after each other. Um, you don't like good League of Legends. Um, your name is is Steve Arnset. Um, <laughs> you have a Link voodoo doll, and you're pissed off as a CLG fan that Link isn't going to be playing in this because you're going to stab him repeatedly in the throat with a pin. Um, you're a masochist. You're a sadist. Um, you like watching horses get beaten to death. Um, you like terribly counterintuitive team names. Um, you like Hotshot GG. Uh, I mean, I could just go on and on. You are Your mouse ran out of batteries fetishist. and you can't change things anymore. You're you a fetishist for chess pieces. I mean, I, I can't go any farther because you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> um, there's no real reason to watch it. If you want to watch it, uh, I think it's... It's to see if Team Liquid 
is anything other than a, a bloated, decaying corpse of a horse, you know, sinking in a, a vast ocean of its own incompetence. I'm sorry, Team Liquid fans. Like, I don't enjoy doing this. First it doesn't of put all, a grin on my face, but this is reality. You guys are terrible. You've been terrible because of organizational decisions that your management and your ownership have made, and you should hold them accountable at this point. You know, it. it is what it is. I feel terrible for the coach. I feel terrible for Lorlo and Matt and Golden Glue and Rainover. Like, I feel terrible for Piglet. This just isn't working. So they don't have a Team Liquid Academy for them to rely on and try and bring up talent. So I don't know. It's just not fun watching Team Liquid fail. They're, they've been around almost as long as TSM. They are a legacy organization that, well, okay, Curse existed, but they're a legacy organization and they do deserve their spot in the 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 annals of history for League of Legends. But at this moment, it's they're quickly becoming a footnote this is an organization that might not survive relegation they might get relegated by their former coach and mid laner for christ's sake like i it it sucks like i don't like watching this organization fail it doesn't really make me happy but their own hubris have put them in this point first of all i want to get that uh, decaying corpse of a horse sinking down into the depths of the ocean like that needs to be embroidered on something or maybe on a poster <laughs> somewhere, like one of the demotivationals. I totally want that. Uh, <laughs> that being said, I, I think I think you're right. I don't know why you would watch this unless you really, you know. And, and you didn't have to say masochist because you already said liquid fans, dude. It's already it was already clearly <laughs> laid out. So, where do you think the line is? Again, I got it exactly. So. I mean, I didn't. I can see what you got. It was CLG minus 50 for me, and that wasn't what you had, so. Nope. CLG minus 175. I, I think that is uh, about where it should be. Uh, Liquid plus 135 there for the underdog lines. It's, uh, yeah, like, I don't know why you'd be tuning in unless you are a degenerate gambler like us and really want to, uh, you know, eke out every little bit of value. But even then... I don't know what would possess you to feel confident in either of these teams enough to want to bet on it. It's it's going to be interesting. We're going to go to the last game of the week, Walter. Um, um, I'll put it this way. Depending on how CLG versus Immortals goes. Yeah, that's fair. CLG beat Immortals. I could see this being a letdown game and Liquid possibly winning it. Actually, depending on how both of those matchups go, CLG versus Immortals and Liquid versus Dignitas, I don't think both teams go 2-0 or 0-2. I think they go 1-1 this week. Yeah. Well, it would be impossible for them to both go 0 and 2 because uh the, the one of them has to be the other. But yeah, no, it's totally fair. I think but that's what I'm saying. I think both go 1 and 1. So if uh mm-hmm. if one wins their first matchup and one loses, I think the team that loses wins the matchup versus CLG. Got it. Or versus okay. each other. I'm with you now. That's what I, think. I I'm sorry. I'm already thinking ahead of Phoenix 1 versus Cloud 9, which to me is a much more interesting series. So I'm I just I'm over there. So let's let's pull okay. ourselves over to that conversation. What do you think is going to be the difference maker here? How does Phoenix One recapture the team that was four and two and really exciting us before uh, before this week happened? It, it, it gets the toughest team in the league. And Nori's got to play smarter. That's what it comes down to. And Nori's got to play smarter. And Phoenix One, I said earlier, has to as a team realize when teams are going to camp their bottom lane. 
They have to stop it. They have to protect Arrow because Arrow is truly the guy that in team fights is making them run. And they have to be smarter about their positioning in team fights. There's been multiple times in, in both the series last week where I saw Arrow just get caught. And it wasn't because he was, you know, badly positioned. It was because his tanks and his frontliners moved. They would get out of the way of skill shots. They would, you know, they weren't clumped up correctly. Or um, there were a couple times where he got, like, Nautilus alted. Like, sure, that's a miss positioning by himself but they just have to be better about protecting their back line and Honoria's got to play smarter like you're aggressive dude you're trying to make plays you're trying to put your stamp on the game I love that I appreciate that I wish my own jungler did it but you got to be smarter about when you do it they're, they're, the first step is just being outright aggressive every single time every moment of the game constantly invade constantly gank constantly counter gank don't care where words are just constant 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 the next step is now adding that Add information to it. Okay, well, now I've got wards here. I know he's not here. I know he's not there. Well, maybe I shouldn't go topside since topside is dark. Let me go bot side where I have wards and I know where he is. Oh, that scuttle crab was just taken. I'm not going to go that direction because he's probably that way. Oh, their mid laner and their top laner are both mythic. Maybe going for their red buff isn't such a smart idea when they're on red side. Maybe I'll just back off. I'll grab the scuttle crab and we'll call it a day. Yeah. It's about being smarter about when you're going to make your decisions when you're going to make your proactive and aggressive plays. And then the second you're confident in it, pouncing. Don't second guess yourself. When you have the information and you're confident in your play, do it. If you see their top laner is bot side and you're going to go tower dive their top laner and you've got a Maokai or a Shad or something good and it doesn't work out, at least you tried, at least you had the the knowledge and it was just a mechanical off play. And you just, you just kind of screwed up the mechanics of it. That's something you can always fix for next time. But the knowledge stuff, you've got to just become a smarter player. You've got to process things faster. You can't just blindly go into the enemy jungle and hope you don't get caught. It's just not going to work for you. And don't play Ivern. Not Ivern. Play Rengar. I know he got nerfed, but play Rengar. You'll be able to play him now. Yeah. Just play Rengar or Kha'Zix or Lee Sin. No Ivern. None. Stop it. Stop it. I, no. I, I agree with you. I, I will say... The good news for Phoenix One is that Ryu and Arrow and Adrian are three guys that should all be able to instill the very lessons that you just pointed out there. There are exactly. veterans on this team who can, you know, show them the film and be like, okay, so these are the things you did that were wrong, and this is why they're wrong, and here's what we can do, and here's what's worked for me, and here's how these systems kind of come together. All of that is very valuable, and I feel very confident that Phoenix One will figure it out for that reason. It's hard to do that against Cloud9, just because Cloud9 obviously has already figured that out. They know how to play the game out to, you know, the way they're supposed to. They're not a perfect team by any means, but they, they have that kind of game knowledge. So, you know, there's it's, it's going to be a real test for Phoenix 1, how quickly they can learn to adapt to these kind of changing situations, but also a really big opportunity for them if they could somehow pull it off. Walter, where do you think the line is on this? I had Cloud9 at minus 333. Okay, you got the last point of the day. That's, uh, you know, and end on a high note. I went too high. I said Cloud9 minus 400. I just thought, you know, Cloud9's at a point where we're just going to start giving them kind of crazy odds because they're good. The casinos like Phoenix 1 more than I thought. It is Cloud9 minus 270, which is Phoenix 1 plus 200, which you do not usually see for a 4-4 four and four team that went 0-2 the week before. That is not what we're used to as far as the casinos go. It seems like a, a, a you know, fr it, it seems like they are saying, we believe this team 
can win when the opportunity comes their way. And and for the record, when they've won, they've won 2-0. Their four series that they've won were four 2-0 victories. They have never lost a game in a winning series. So, you know, yep. maybe they're just better playing well ahead. That's something that we'll have to watch as well. Uh, we got to come up with some value bets, Walter. What's jumping off the table for you? I mean, I personally am going to gamble on TSM for both these series. Okay. I personally am going to do that because I know historically TSM always comes out with a vengeance after kind of a gut-wrenching loss. That's fine. Um, we could do that. Maybe maybe because they swept... Maybe, And this isn't the TSM fanboy. I mean, this is like historically going back and looking at some of their worst losses. They come back out swinging. Oh, yeah, it no. might not be a 2-0. Like, they might not sweep both of these games, but it's going to be some close, hard-fought games. TSM usually plays against their opponents much closer the second time they play against them, so I think the Cloud9 series will be closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then FlyQuest, I just think a talent is on TSM's side. Yeah. So I, I like both of those series, but you could talk me out of one or the other of them if you, you found better value someplace else. Not not going to, mostly because there doesn't seem to be a lot of value I'm confident in. Um, I, I do think that uh, that TSM is going to win one of those series. It's very rare that A, TSM goes 0-2 in a week. That almost never happens. And B, yep. it's very rare that TSM doesn't bounce back from a bad loss. Uh, historically, they've been very good at it. If they were somehow to go 0 and 2 yep. this week, it would be unprecedented on multiple levels. So I'm going to I'm going to go with you exactly. on that journey. Yep. I say I I like taking Echo Fox to get a 2-0 over Envious. I just don't think Envious is good. I don't think that I think that Echo Fox is bringing an intensity and an aggression in the early game that I have no idea what tools Envious has to deal with it. Because that's how they lose, right? If they can't, you know, deal with the early game, then they're forced to team fight, and Seraph hasn't been able to do that. You like a, you like a two, you like an Echo Fox two O over more than Immortals over CLG. I, they're both plus one hundred five. That's so tough. I we did tell people to stay away from the CLG Immortals game because neither of us could agree on this. Because you did, you did not like Immortals when I brought that on up. I know, earlier. I know, but that—that's why I'm asking you that question. I think you like. I think I'm going to have more fun betting on Immortals to win than I will on Envious to lose badly. I think it is a more fun bet to take Immortals there. But it is going to be the first time in a while we are saying, "Hey, remember how we told you guys to stay away? We're not taking our own advice." That worries but, but, me. But here's bit. here's the thing: which which team do you have more confidence in beating CLG, Immortals or Team Liquid? I have more confidence immortals. in Immortals beating. Team Absolutely, Immortals. So I don't I don't think that uh, that you know Dignitas is. Very and there's def- there's definitely a chance that en- that Envious Seraph goes off, shuts down Looper, takes advantage of him, goes full split push on a Camille on a Fiora, and you know screws up a two up. No, that's so, that's fair. We're gonna do it. That's just my art. TSM plus one seventy over Cloud Nine. TSM plus one twenty over FlyQuest. Immortals plus one hundred five over CLG. That's a podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully, you enjoyed it as much as I did because I had a blast. This was, uh, and I think there are a couple moments that I am going to be saving for uh, for posterity. If you agree, then you should definitely hit that subscribe button over here on the YouTubes, or if you listen on SoundCloud.com slash EsportsRoughDrafts, that's where the audio-only version is. We appreciate subscri- if you uh, hit that subscribe button there. 
Uh, also, we're on Absolutely. iTunes, Rough Drafts Podcast. You can find us that way. You can obviously follow us on social media. I'm at Red Shirt King. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? Yeah, you guys can follow me at CDs underscore LOL, where I'm pretty positive Sunday night I'll be figuring out ways to call in sick to recording a podcast. <laughs> Man, that'll be uh, it's going to be something else. If that happens, I will genuinely I might make a call, maybe see if Jacob Wolf or somebody can come in as a substitute cuz I think you'll need a <laughs> you'll need a break. I look, I not not anything against you. I just I feel like like you know, actually you know what? I never mind. I had to do this after the Falcons lost the Super Bowl. I can make you come next week. Screw it. I'm not letting you get away with this. Um and of course, don't forget to follow at Rough Drafts Pod um on Twitter. That's where we do our live tweeting. And some fun things, like we currently have a, a little giveaway going on, so you might want to subscribe over there and hang out with us. It's a lot of fun. We have a feeling you'll love sticking around if you enjoy this, uh, this show. So come back next week. We'll have our European and North American episodes coming on the way. And until next time, bye, Internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.